welcome to the Nerd Party. And welcome to Second Contact, a Star Trek Lower Decks commentary podcast. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me as he is for every episode of this journey is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell, have we got a great episode to commentate on this week. I don't know about you, but I knew this one was coming for a long time. Like, they teased it in a trailer, they've been talking about it. Nothing specific, just like, oh, this thing is going to happen. And if you know, you know. Yeah, it was, I wasn't as in tune as everybody else. Like, I knew that there was going to be, like, a Deep Space Nine reference. Like, I knew that, like, I didn't know how deep into Deep Space Nine it was going to go. Like, I, I thought it was just going to be, True. like, they, like, hook up and then leave or so. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I thought. Like, it was just kind of, oh, you know, Deep Space, it was just kind of like how Lower Decks always makes its references. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a presence. They're, they're going to talk about this. They're going to talk about that. But I had no idea that the entire episode was going to take place on that that spoken wheel in the sky you know like i <laughs> right yeah that's actually a good point is i yeah it could have easily been a pit stop we could have just gotten a couple of references like oh there's quark and oh my gosh there's more and blah 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 but no we get a full day and i've already like I barely scrolled through Twitter since last night and already I am seeing people say this is my favorite episode of the season or ever or it, like it's immediately jumping up people's charts. Yeah, it the nostalgia factor. I feel like we say this every single week, but the nostalgia factor is turned up to 11 on this one. <laughs> but at <laughs> yeah, least but it's integrated into the story. Yeah. Well, yeah, this one I think really hits it in every satisfying way. They're not going overboard with the references, but it definitely hits those nostalgia feels. And it's its own story. And it's also a little bit of continuation of Deep Space Nine, sort of. It is. You know. It is. And it's there's they're not giving us anything revelatory here. Like we know that Quark has a yeah. franchise. We know that he's, you know, he's expanded, he's doing well. Like, you know, everybody's favorite Ferengi has finally found Prosper. Um <laughs> Uh, has has prospered, I should say, and um, yeah, and just like the the introduction, uh, the reintroduction to Kira, like I literally oh. gasped like a child when <laughs> she just walked on screen. That's all she did. She just walked off of the turbo lift <laughs> and on screen. I went, <gasps> like, I right? just, just, oh my gosh! I was so excited because last week I predicted of all the DS Nine characters we would see, Kira was at the top of my list. Yeah. She's got to be the one that they get. If anybody else, it's got to be her. So I feel pretty and good about that. And of course, Shax and, and, and Kira. Well, you know what? Let's just oh, get started. We, let's, yeah, let's do this. We, we should just get into this. We have so much cool stuff to talk about. Okay. So if this happens to be your first episode of Second Contact listening to us, here's what we do is if you want to watch along with us, queue up Paramount Plus or however you watch Star Trek Lower Decks, get past the whole thing where the Rito swirls on by. We're at a black screen. And I'll count you down. Three, two, one, play. We all hit play at the same time. And then off we go. And of course, if you're driving, eyes on the road, please do not watch at the same time. Just listen. It'll be entertaining either way. That's right. We do our best. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
Okay. I also feel like we don't have to do the episode description for this one because it's so short and we've already <laughs> talked about they spend a day on DS9. That is exactly what the description for this episode says. That's, that's, it's literally the Cerritos crew unexpectedly spends a day on Deep Space Nine. Oh, cool. So they added unexpectedly. That's good work. Go. Good work. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Three, two, one, play. Beautiful. I always forget that the like. W- I I would I would love to get like a structure of the ship. Like I I want blueprints so bad of the Cerritos. Right. Yeah. I'm a little confused as to what exactly is where. So we got Romulan ale, Rysian cabernet, and right? uh, Eldebrin <laughs> like, whiskey. How many seconds? Let's see if just like twenty, just and we've right. got to pause Seriously. and get a screenshot. <laughs> Third <laughs> but that's shot. That's for you. Yeah. So we've How seen many? we've seen this admiral before. I can never remember his name. I know that. Yes, we it. have. What is it? Uh, oh shoot, it's gone. Y- yeah, sorry, can't think about it right now. <laughs> but I I do like that lower decks brings on the same admirals r- routinely brings on the same admirals like they did in previous shows. Exactly, you know, just like, especially in TNG. Right, right. It reminds me exactly of that. And so they're talking about. I love that we're getting a Dominion War reference. We're getting Gamma Quadrant stuff. It's uh-huh. about setting it they're up. Calling it post-war, you know, like they're trying to bridge those connections, and we get yes. the hero shot. And of this is that, where Deep Space Terok Nine Nor. fans just melt. You hear the DS Nine music, the first visual we get of DS Nine, and it is beautiful. Not gonna lie, and I <laughs> laughed my ass off at them just like going around the station, just like in the theme. <laughs> Also, and kind of like that lower decks inner, like inside baseball reference of them with the ship. You know, where it went way too point. long. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, this was very much like Crisis Point. And just the fact that Ransom said, like, just circle around and pretend to be in awe. And then they cut back to them on the bridge. Music is, is, <laughs> is dead. Just keep circling. And then it kicks back in. It's just <laughs> hilarious. It's My so parents perfect. don't watch lower decks, but I think I'm going to send them that opening clip. Oh, I think if anything can entice them to watch an episode of Lower Decks, it's this. This yeah. right here. Make them watch this episode, if nothing else. Because they're huge Star Trek fans. They're just not really into adult animation. Like, they just it's just not their bag. Not their thing? That's too bad, yeah. because Lower Decks is so good. But... I know. Yeah. It's, it's all right. We can't... Not everybody can like everything. That's just not the way it is. Now, one thing that I thought or at least I, I think would have been fun as a reference is, you know how in the opening, uh, the uh, the the wormhole opens and then shuts. Uh-huh. I would have loved to him the, for Ransom to make a reference like, why did the wormhole just open? Yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> right? There's no like, shit. No, no one's going through it. What's going on? Yes. <laughs> I would have loved to have gotten a reference like that. We couldn't have even gotten the Defiant or something coming through there just for shits and giggles. I don't know. But well, I think that's it, being yeah. demanding. That's being demanding. But then also, you know, we don't know. Do they still have the Defiant? Maybe Did it not. Move on? I think they probably they were probably in Spartan not tying the Defiant down to Deep Space Nine because you know we don't know where it is right now. This is true. It could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. What's kind of fun is just hearing everybody kind of like fanboying and fangirling about Deep Space Nine the same way we would fanboy and fangirl yeah. about Deep Space Nine. 
I think that's one thing that really um, I had to. It took me a couple episodes to get used to that vibe of lower decks in in season one when they started fanboying out about the people we would uh-huh. you know like like giggle yeah. about and like like squee about because like Star Starfleet's best of the best is what we see. And they see the and they're seeing the same stuff. They're seeing the most famous people of Starfleet, just like we're watching them. And so right. they're going to be engrossed in their lives and their stats. And like they are the celebrities of their day within Starfleet. Right. And, and the lower so deckers gonna, are us. Exactly. So of course they're gonna be obsessed with Cisco and Kira and you know, like war right? the, during the Dominion War yeah. and the prophets and everything like that. Yeah, of course. They hear all about it the same way we do. Now, I was very concerned after this scene we just saw with Mariner and Jennifer. I thought, Mariner's so uncomfortable that I wonder if she's trying to maybe break up with Jennifer. Maybe things aren't going so well. Maybe she's not into it. But it's she's just nervous about meeting her friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was the moment. Like, Kira. right when Kira walks on. I'm just like, <gasps> oh, my gosh. It really is good to see her again. My oh, my gosh. And then the moment you hear Nana's voice. I yeah, that's that was my squee moment. She has been um, a voice actress on a lot of Seth MacFarlane shows, like Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland oh, Show, she? and everything like that. Yeah, she she's I think she either knows Seth MacFarlane or is friends with him because he's a huge Star Trek fan. And oh so, yeah, of course. Uh, he, so oftentimes he'll get Star Trek alum to come on. Of course, you know, like with Patrick Stewart on American Dad, but it's sure. always been nice to hear her pop up consistently throughout those shows. And so when I heard her here. It uh, just warmed my heart. And one thing is like when you don't spend when it's been years since we've seen these characters and then you hear their voices and you're like, oh, OK, that's right. Time has passed. You can hear how their voices changed through age <laughs> and, and everything like that. It I, I think yeah. it, it some people might be like it, it might break the reality for them. But for me, I'm just like, oh, it's like it's like coming back and it's like you they've passed the time with you you know i don't know it doesn't bother me in the least and honestly i think nana sounds pretty close to how she sounded 20 something years ago which is pretty freaking good if you ask me now with armin shimmerman he does sound a little different and i'm wondering yes i saw somebody on twitter say does or no i'm sorry it was a discord server they were talking well maybe did he put the teeth in and maybe he's not used to them or is he trying to pretend he has the teeth in and like he's not used to it that's a solid, solid question because, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Shimmerman definitely did sound different. But then, you know, it's been decades in, you know, people's voices right. change. And, Can't and, fault him. But I wonder, I bet you that's right. I bet you it was the teeth. It's the that damn he didn't teeth. Have. Yeah. You can't. I remember Gersh. one time at a convention. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just heard what you said. Uh, I, <laughs> one time I was at a convention and. Um, Shimmerman and oh, I'm please, please forgive me, folks. Um, the actor who played Rom, Max I cannot Prudente. remember his name. Thank you. They were both speaking at the convention, and somebody asked if they could get Grodenshek to give a moogie. And he, <laughs> like, yes, the guy was very nice about it when he asked. And Grodenshek mm-hmm. was, of course, was very generous and and said that he'd do it. But like, he was prepping himself, and there was a bit a little bit of a lull. And Shimmerman kind of chimes in and says, listen, Max is a perfectionist. If he's going to do this, he's going to do it right. And he doesn't have the teeth. So he's got to figure out how to do it. And it was just really interesting to, to kind of get that behind the scenes just in something as simple as saying Moogie. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty Bull cool. Boiler. 
Bold Boimler. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, he uh, he's kind of at a high in this episode, Bold Boimler. Something tells me that after this, his luck's going to run out. <laughs> but at the end of the episode, it didn't. I kept expecting him to lose it all, but he never did. Which is why it's going to happen in the next episode. <laughs> just by law of averages. But how bad is it going to hurt him? I, I just hope he's not going to die. Not to be a downer, but like kick his butt. Certainly take him down a few pegs here because he's really thinking highly of himself at this point. But I love Bradward. So what did you think about seeing another Orion and, uh, and interacting with Tendi? What, how did you feel about that when you first saw him? I, I don't necessarily care, but what was interesting about it was Tendi's reaction was kind of of indifference and, oh, I don't really want to do this. Yeah, especially with him being so pro-pirate. Uh-huh, right, and which we, we know is not really her thing, even though she comes from a family of pirates. Yeah, it was nice to see that continuation of her feeling towards piracy and the stigma on orions and like she like yeah. i know that they came with a joke last time where she's like we haven't we haven't done that for like three years guys <laughs> yeah, right but the fact that this guy is so overbearing he is so annoying he's the last person you want tagging along with you for sure so what did you think of the salon <laughs> i can see why mariner was not into this <laughs> it's not her kind of people but these are jennifer's friends they don't have to be her friends I very much had a situation like this with a girl that I dated in college where oh, she really? brought me in and said, like, you need to meet my friends. And they were all women. And there was about this many. And we all sat on the floor like this. And they all, like, just bombarded me with intimate and personal questions. It was like I was being oh, interviewed. It was, oh, it's, it was so similar to this. And I think they were doing like some sort of craft. It was insane. Like I have oh been through this God. situation. Okay. So this is like a whole thing among female friend groups that I have missed out on my whole life. Because a lot of my friends are guys. And then the few female friends that I have, like we don't do this. So I, if this is a thing, I have not been aware of it until just this moment today. <laughs> this is a very common experience, but not a universal one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I would be into this particular kind of bonding activity. I don't. I love the idea of a pajama party. Sure, let's do that. Oh, yeah. But so candle like making and candles. interpretive dance, we can skip that part. We can just start hitting the liquor and having a good time. So one thing that I was actually going to mention at the beginning of the show before we like hit play <laughs> was I love that they built in shacks. And Kira having a pre-existing relationship. Because you can totally see them oh, in, in the resistance together. 100%. I'm so glad they made that a thing. And it's a cute thread throughout the episode where they're trying to one-up each other. Mm. I owe you. No, I owe you. Blah, blah, blah. Of course they would. Of course they're going to get competitive about that. So we're coming up on my absolute favorite moment in the episode. And maybe one of my favorite moments of the entire show. Wow, Okay. Decks is with Rutherford on the second floor and all we see are his feet dangling in the background. Yes! And he goes, Tendi, Tendi, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Did you get serious Jake and Nog vibes off of that? Because I did. Oh, of course, of course, of course. And then later on when we get Tendi gets all maternal and is like, get down here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, notice that she's asserting herself more and more. 
Like we're seeing that as a trend. It just keeps happening though. <laughs> I, I love Boimler how Boimler loves his not coin purse. It's what is it? A, a, clutch. a clutch. Yes. It's a clutch. <laughs> it's a clutch. And it's, and purple, it's purple like his hair. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Ah, like everything about this episode is just like so fun. Like, I don't know. It, it's 26 yeah. minutes of pure happiness. And I know for diehard Niners, this is like a dream come true. Oh, yeah. I have a few friends who watch Lower Decks who are like Deep Space Nine is their show. Like that is Mm -hmm. Star Trek to them is Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And while I absolutely love Deep Space Nine, um, I can't say it's my favorite. But like if you ask me like on a Thursday I'd say a Thursday afternoon, I might say, yeah, sure. You know, it's great. You know, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, look, I love DS9 too, but is it my favorite? No, I can't say that. Because really we all know which ones shirt. are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty biased. <laughs> this this show, this scene kind of made me realize I need to buy the Ritos t-shirt. Oh, you absolutely should. Yeah. It's comfortable. I've worn mine, gosh, I don't know how many times now. It's holding up nicely. Well worth it. It's one of the few things you should be buying in the Star Trek merchandise store <laughs> right now. How, and how lazy is the um, is is the is the sweater that uh, the host is wearing? Right? Like I'm describing, I'm gonna describe. It's just a it's just a white sweater with a gold Delta shield in the center, like a big gold yeah. Delta shield in the center. That's it. Why? My, why? Why? You know what? Okay, <laughs> my backstory on this is like that was. Like they were trying to clear out that inventory. So <laughs> she, you know, she got it at some sort of like a discount or bribed or, or whatever Starfleet does since they don't technically use money. Like here, would you just take this? Okay, yeah, fine. If you're giving me clothes, you we can always to- recycle to- it in the replicator. We totally do that at work. Like I work for a major university and we have out of date or material, branded material that we need to get rid of. We're just like, here you go. You know, give this to your kids. Right. Right. Out with the old, in with the new. So what surprises me about Quark franchising out is that he's still personally running the one on Deep Space Nine. Right. Don't you think he'd be going around from each store to store, basically like the district manager of our day, making sure everybody is doing their thing properly? I think at the very least he'd be doing that or he would be working at some sort of administrative place, you know, like where sure. where this, yeah, this is the first one, but this it's become just a franchise. So yeah, or why he's is he in a just place where he can run in the profit doesn't have to do crap. But here's one possibility: is maybe he enjoys the attention this has all brought him. Like a lot of hmm. people are oh. taking their photo with Quark now. Maybe he You're likes right. that, so he's got to be present somewhere, and the best place is here. You know what? That is a that's solid, solid reasoning. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay, that's in my head, canon. <laughs> So I do like that they're different colors of green, like they're different shades. Yes. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Have we actually seen a whole lot of that? Like I guess technically yes, technically no, but Well, we've the there was a holodeck program where we were on Orion and we saw a whole bunch of um Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. I really, really, really need to rewatch all of Star Trek. I just wow. That's so much time. I'm currently doing that right now. Like I'm doing a Golden Age rewatch from Ooh. TNG up to Enterprise, where I just All put right. it on shuffle. Cool. How's that going? It's going great. 
It really is. Like, it's just like, I mean, I know it's simple to say, but you're just like, oh, man, I always forget how much joy this brings me until you go go back. Right. Well, it's like rewatching it all over again, even though it feels familiar when you haven't watched it in several years. Like, you know what happens, but all those little moments are just like, oh, they're so charming all over again. So I do. Okay, so so they're arguing over the Quark's 2000 replicator, and I think we've we've all we are all able to guess why he's being so defensive around these people. Of course, it's always this. But I do like that Ransom brought up, he's like, can't people just replicate what they want? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, blah, 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 blah. Also, I couldn't help but appreciate like Quark 2000. Like 2000, for whatever reason, is always like that benchmark of, ooh, it's super, super premium hot future, ooh. It's like even with the like even in Harry Potter they have the Nimbus two thousand with the right with the the brooms. <laughs> even in the twenty first century, this is still a thing, and the twenty fourth. I love that they went back to Kira's um, butch buzzed cut. Right, because when we hair. left off on DS nine, it was just a little bit past her ears. Yeah, that so was her best she, look, though. She was the going back hair. to the classic. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. I love that cut on her. And it's, uh, I love Tindy's cut with the shaved, you know, everything right? like that. That would have been interesting. Swoop. Like if, if, if Kira like matched that where she just like shaved her head kind of like, like kind of <laughs> yeah, like Tindy. Yeah, Kira like, could do in, that. That's the in thing right now, you know, in, it, in it the It kind of, I mean, yeah, for like modern Star Trek it is because uh, uh, Detmer also has the side shave. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So we know that Bajor becomes a member of the Federation eventually because of what we see. Is it in Picard? It's in Picard. Yes, we see yeah. it in Picard. Where so obviously, like Picard's after this. So somewhere, but so, so somewhere between now and Picard is where they um, become a member of the Federation. I would love yeah. to. I would love to see it. I want to see it. I don't want it referenced. I want to see it. Right. Where and when can we make that happen? Yeah. Because we're kind of skirting all over the place around it. <laughs> I mean, I think this would be a good opportunity. Lower Decks would be a great opportunity to do that. Yeah. Maybe a season or two down the line. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I don't know, with the timeline chronologically, would that be the I think proper time? I'm, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so bad at keeping keeping the dates in order, but I think Lower Decks is like 20 years before Picard? Something like that, that, yeah. I don't know. Not, uh, maybe not 20. I don't know. I have to look it up. I'm sure I'm way off. I don't know. One of my very favorite scenes just happened in this episode where Mariner has had enough and is finally being <laughs> herself. And she just like goes full on out, stands on the table and just says, all right, MFers. <laughs> Fires the phaser and everything. It's set to stun. But and she's Jennifer in the air. loves it. <laughs> she's stunning all of her friends. Just, yeah, get him, get him. And as Mariner's running around, she's saying, I'm just actualizing my dreams. <laughs> right? They should find that relatable. So many great one-liners in this episode. Like always, Lower Decks is always so good about a good handful of memorable quotes in every single episode. Now, here we find out that Mask is like the wharf of the Orions, where Total he's raised faker. by humans on Earth. In Cincinnati, no less. He's from Cincinnati. For some reason, I love that. You just imagine this guy growing up in Ohio. It's just so Midwest. I think that's why. 
Uh-huh. It's just so it's 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 I don't know. It's not unique like in Russia with Wharf, but right. Yeah, it's just Middle America. Yeah, it's Middle fine. America, Midwest, Cincinnati, Ohio. Like yeah, beautiful. <laughs> the poor guy. He's he's kind of got like that inferiority complex going on. But like you know, Wharf did the same thing like when when he was younger like you know he had to like overcompensate yeah and we i mean we see that in early tng where he's just like super klingon and you know <laughs> yeah. but he hasn't actually spent that much time around klingons at all right this is an amazing part of the episode when tendy kicks into pirate mode right like she really could be a pirate if she wanted to she's got the skills and and f- please forgive me listeners but this section was just so damn sexy. Like just. <laughs> it's because you love Tendi. I do love Tendi, but the way she just like knees the dude in the face and it's like in slow motion. It's like super anime style. I just it, it is. Yeah. It's really good animation. I'm glad they made that choice. Mm-hmm. Like, shh, I'm pirating. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty genius to make the door open with the weapon the way that it did. That was pretty and cool. Apparently it was the wine opener setting. <laughs> Hey, and you know what? She knew that that was a thing and it worked. Good on her. <laughs> yeah, this is this whole sequence is great because whenever we get to see Tendi shine with her technical skills or her ferocity, um, ferocity, sorry, I said that wrong. It's just she because just she's so, it. yeah, she's just so polite and she's worried about the rules all the time. But then when she gets to break out and do something crazy and actiony, I love it. Yeah, and she's doing that more and more. I suspect that the end of this season ends with her getting that promotion and how does that shake everything up? We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. But it just really seems that that's her trajectory for sure. She's ready. <laughs> I am Jennifer glad that we're likes chaos. Into, yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to in order to be in a relationship with Mariner. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And we get their first, well, the first kiss we see of this couple before they stun themselves onto the table. <laughs> and then the lights come Which back is on. Somehow sweet. I, I don't. Oh, I don't know I feel why. Like stunning yourself at point blank rage can't be good for you. <laughs> You're probably going to be out for a while. Might have a little bit of a hangover effect, I'd guess. Probably nothing you can't fix with a hypo spray. I do love that they they kept Quark pure to his character it was like like we weren't abducting him we were arresting him (laughs) (laughs) yes and i do appreciate that the costume just the fact that he's still wearing this jacket after all this time like becoming a wealthy franchiser has not changed his attire one bit (laughs) like i'm pretty sure that that's the jacket that i have on his action figure i could be wrong but it It feels like it probably is Now, Dr. 76% Tana. of all the franchise's profit, that's a lot. That's insanity. Like, that number's way too big. Like, it was distractingly way. big. Yeah, like, Quark is almost like back in the poorhouse at this rate. <laughs> Even though he has a lot of franchises going on, that's a that's way too much. Way too much. <laughs> and I love that they... They brought back this squeaky scream quirk like every once in a while. Like that Ferengi, <laughs> you know, squeal is yes. amazing. 
I appreciated and, that too. And of course, Mariner owes Quark money. You know, of course she to- does. Classic Mariner. And yet and she totally reference. knows how to play him like a violin. We get the reference to the uh, Kira with Quark's head hollow program. Oh my. <laughs> was not expecting that in this episode. This was the moment with Kira and Quark that made me, that makes you realize this is Lower Decks Kira and Quark. Right, where she's like, running she around climbed, chasing him. <laughs> she climbed up on the bar, started chasing him around. Like that wouldn't happen in Deep Space Nine, but it does happen on Deep Space Nine in Lower Decks. Yes, what did you think of Boimler choosing Quark's bucks over actual gold plus latinum? I think it's hilarious. For his because, prize. Because like, dude, you dummy. But well, he's it, so it's happy. It's way better than him losing losing it. You know, to me, I, I'd rather, because that, that's such a Boimler move where he's, he's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we don't even use money in Starfleet. And they're like, yeah. what? It, but it's also the safer move, if you ask me. And, and then we see him Boiler. go in front of the screen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love that detail so much. He's a little blurry, but you can see he's just decked out in Quark's gear. He, he bought the whole the store. I love Rutherford and Tendi so much. Their friendship. Just, man, the more we get to see it, explore it, just the more endearing mm-hmm. it is. And we're ending yes. on a rule of acquisition. Mwah. Beautiful. So good. And that spinning wheel. I don't remember that much gold on Deep Space Nine, like yellow. I don't remember that much. Oh, hmm. Yeah. Nah, I'm not sure. So uh, maybe what that's was just your an favorite, choice. What was your favorite part from this episode? Ooh. Honestly, it might have been just them running the ship around the station a la the theme that made me laugh so much that that was that was really great yeah but also seeing kira again her introduction really was cool so like i think those have to be tied for my top two how about you oh like i said the uh, rutherford with his legs dangling over like jake and nog yeah Um, that might be like the most subtle but great reference they have made in lower decks to date Really, just just, so just the him begging Tendy to look at him, and he's like, "Look at me, Tendy, <laughs> Tendy." You know, the only thing that would have made that even more is like, then we eventually cut to him; he's eating a jumja stick or something, <laughs> something like that. But it's okay; we can't have it all. This was still really freaking good, and I see well, why it's an have... instant classic for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely, instant classic. And yeah, I mean, it, it ranks folks. high up for me Beautiful. too. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it'll end up being a number one. Maybe for this no. season, we'll see, because we haven't seen it all. But No, Crisis do... Point is still my number one. I love Crisis Point. I love Wei Juge. That's a oh. great episode. Yeah, but it, it's up yeah. there. It's up there probably in that top five right now, with a little bit of recency bias. All right, and with that, we're done with the show. We did it again. That's right. So go to the nerdparty.com for all of our previous episodes as well as our other shows that are uh, coming at you on the network. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Join Nerd Party. You can find me personally on Twitter at The Inside Robin. And you can find me at Oh the Profanity. Join the revolution. Join the Nerd Party.